Hey everybody, it's Matt. Welcome or welcome back to the Journey Church Podcast. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you automatically get our weekly episodes. And you might want to subscribe to our Journey Callaway YouTube channel as well. You'll find messages, music, interviews, inspiring stories, and more for you right there. Now, I hope this episode helps you take your next step in following Jesus. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in. I hope this experience today, like every week, is helpful for you and I hope it inspires you to follow Jesus or inspires you to more fully follow Jesus because in my experience, following Jesus will make your life better. It'll make you better at life. So let's get started. This is episode two of Scared to Death. Now, why in the world are we talking about fear? Well, I don't know. Maybe because we're living in the middle of a pandemic combined with an economic shutdown that's left us on the brink of an economic meltdown while we're navigating social unrest in an election year. I mean, that's all we got going on right now, isn't it? I don't know what we'd be afraid of. This alone would make anybody want to pull the covers over their head and say, tell me when the new year starts. But we don't get that option. So we've got to figure out how to navigate through all the worry, through all the fear, through all the uncertainty of what we're dealing with right now. That's why we're doing this series. And as we're talking through this, we have come up with a definition of fear that we're operating from as we go throughout the series. The definition is simply this. Fear is an emotion. So it's a feeling. And it is stirred and it is uh, driven to a large extent by the news we consume, by the amount of social media that we consume, by the fact that we're hearing all kinds of different messages, by the awareness that we have of everything going on in the world. I mean, think about it. Previous generations were never aware of as many different things happening in the world as we are. We're aware pretty much anything bad that happens on any type of scale whatsoever. And so all of that drives fear, which is an emotion, and it's caused by belief. Our behaviors always are driven by our beliefs. What you believe is going to determine whether you experience fear or not. It's an emotion caused by belief of impending potential loss. This is what gets us, doesn't it? This is what bothers us. We're afraid. Oh my goodness, I'm seeing what's going on around me, and I'm going to lose something. I'm going to lose something. Now, fear is always driven by the uncertainty that we feel about our future, but here's the problem you and I have. We don't let the future lay out there ahead of us. We don't leave the future where it is and say, well, I'll just deal with that when I get there. Oh, no. We take the fear and the uncertainty of the future and we drag it right back into our present, don't we? We take the uncertainty that we may encounter tomorrow, we sneak it right into today. And because of that, fear today for you and fear today for me often comes disguised. It's got an alter ego, if you will, that we run into in the present. And you know what it looks like and you know what it feels like. It is this word right here, anxiety. Anybody feeling any anxiety? Anxiety over your job, over what's going to happen in your industry, anxiety over school, whether you're going to make it through, what school's going to look like, anxiety over what you're going to do with your future, anxiety over money, anxiety over your health or the health of a loved one, anxiety over caring for an aging parent. I mean, we've got anxiety in all kinds of different areas. There's so many things that are uncertain for us right now. The problem with anxiety is, you know this, you've experienced it. The problem with anxiety is it never solves anything, does it? Anxiety doesn't fix anything. Anxiety just makes living and managing today more difficult. Here's how I would define anxiety. It's the present emotion of inner fear, the present emotion, the current emotion I'm feeling of inner fear, and oftentimes we hide it pretty well so other people don't know it's there, but if you've ever dealt with anxiety, you understand this. 
Internally, it feels like you're having a nervous breakdown, doesn't it? You don't want anybody else to see it, but it is an inner fear. It's an inner emotion that's so strong. It's a present emotion of inner fear that's produced by the uncertainty of the future. And it operates a lot like a software virus. If you've ever gotten a virus on your laptop, you know what happens. Everything begins to slow down. It oftentimes takes you a while to realize you have a virus. It's hidden. You can't see it, but it's slowing down everything around you. That's what anxiety is doing to so many of you. It's just slowing you down. And you may not even realize it's present. You may not even realize yet that it's there, but it's still impacting you. I found it interesting as I was preparing for this message that there are a lot of researchers, researchers who are now saying that we are, in America, the most anxious country in the world. It's pretty interesting, isn't it? I mean, look at all we've got. Look, look at how blessed we are, and yet we're still the most anxious country in the world. Matter of fact, studies have shown that immigrants, when they come to the U.S., they're coming for the American dream. I mean, it's a beautiful thing. But studies have shown when immigrants move from wherever they are, which in most cases, you could, would assume they're not in as good a situation as we are in here in America. But when they move from a less ideal situation to America, their anxiety actually rises. That the way our country operates, the way we think, the way we consume things right now, it just raises a level of anxiety for anybody. You drop us in, and anxiety is going to go up. All of you high school students, you'll find this interesting. Or if you're a parent or grandparent of a high school student, Studies have shown that the level of anxiety the high school students feel today is equal to the level of anxiety of psychiatric patients in the 1950s. So if you're a high school student and you're looking at your parents going, hey, you got to cut me some slack. I got a lot going on. Well, now you got some research to back it up. I mean, it's legitimate. It is real. It's difficult. I think Jody Picole, who's an author, she summed it up best. She said, anxiety is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do but it gets you nowhere. And I bet many of you feel like you are in that rocking chair and it is wearing you out, isn't it? In the conversations I'm having with people, I'm finding this all the time. And I think the question that so many of us have and the question that unfortunately we can't figure out the answer to is, how do I get out of the rocking chair? I don't want to stay here. This isn't pleasant, but I don't know what to do. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And to take you uh, to the answer, I want to take you all the way back to two first century followers of Jesus. Now, you may be thinking, what in the world would they know about anxiety? But I'll explain to you. They knew quite a bit. Their names, you're probably familiar with them, are Peter and Paul. So let me build a little case for why Peter and Paul have credibility to talk to us about anxiety. Peter, you know much about Peter's story. You know that Peter was there on the night of Jesus' arrest. And Peter knew that people were going to be looking for him next. And so his anxiety was rising. And then Peter, he was one of the few disciples who followed Jesus along with John. And he watched the trials take place. He watched all the interrogations happen. And Peter was the one who three different times people came up to him and said, aren't you one of his disciples? And you remember this? Peter denied Jesus three times in the span of the night of his arrest. You want to talk about dealing with some anxiety. He went running in fear. He spent the next three days living with anxiety. And then after the resurrection, as Peter continued to follow Jesus, well, he encountered one difficulty, one danger after another. He was arrested. I don't know if you know this. King Herod arrested Peter at one point and was going to have him beheaded. And fortunately for Peter, God chose to miraculously deliver him out of prison. But Peter had to go into hiding from that point. This is another story for another day, but it's pretty fascinating. 
Peter stayed on the loose and on the run for several years, still trying to help people follow Jesus and still teaching the, the, uh, the teachings of Jesus, but, but Peter had to do it from anonymity. Peter had to do it in obscurity. And eventually he was found. Eventually he was arrested, and eventually he was crucified by the Roman powers. So Peter, he knew a little bit about circumstances that create anxiety. He knew a little bit about the uncertainty of the future. Paul did as well. I mean, Paul was one of them in the early days that was hunting down Christians and trying to have them killed. He was creating a lot of potential anxiety and uncertainty until he met Jesus face to face. And at that point, Paul realized, oh my gosh, I've been playing for the wrong team. And so he flipped and began following Jesus. And from that point on, he endured seasons where he said he was hungry, he was homeless, he was shipwrecked, he was stoned, he was beaten. Eventually, Paul was arrested and beheaded by Emperor Nero. So both of these men, they understood what it was to live in circumstances where the future was completely uncertain. They understood what it was like to have to come face to face with anxiety and figure out how to get out of the rocking chair and navigate through it. And they give us some extraordinarily insightful advice. Let me show you what Peter had to say first. Here's his advice to us. He says, all of you, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. In other words, Peter says, hey, every morning when you wake up, why don't you just put some humility on like you put on your coat? And whoever you interact with that day, you make sure you interact with them from the standpoint of humility because God opposes the proud, but he shows favor to the humble. Now, if you're sitting there going, wait a minute, Matt, what in the world does that have to do with humility? Great question. Let me explain it to you. At the root of any anxiety you and I feel, at the root of any anxiety you and I feel, is this battle between pride and humility. And so this actually has a lot to do with our anxiety. You know what pride says? Pride says, I've got this. I've got this. Pride says, I can handle it. Pride says, you know what, no matter what comes my way, no matter what I'm having to deal with or face, I will figure it out. Pride, in essence, says, I'm in control, I'm in charge, I'm the CEO of my universe. Now, here's the problem with that. Whenever you choose to adopt this mindset and this approach, you force yourself to be things you were not created to be, and you force yourself to try to do things you were not created to do, and you force yourself, you feel the weight or the pressure of trying to change things you don't have the ability to change and carry things that you don't have the strength to carry. And you know what anxiety is? Anxiety is always a product of trying to be something you weren't created to be or to do something you weren't created to do. This is why Peter brings this up as he's talking about anxiety. He says, I'm not going to start by giving you tips on anxiety. I'm going to start by helping you understand not the symptoms of anxiety, but the source of your anxiety is this battle between am I going to choose pride or am I going to choose humility? Am I going to choose the mentality, the mindset of I can handle this? Am I going to act like I'm the CEO of the universe and try to carry all this weight myself? Now think about it. When you're feeling anxiety, isn't that what you're doing? You are feeling the weight of trying to manage not just what you've got going on today, not just the things in your control, but you're trying to manage the things out of your control. That's what triggers your anxiety. Pride says, I've got this. Humility says, I can't handle this. I can't handle this on my own. I need some help. You see, humility recognizes there are some things in my control, but there are a lot of things out of my control. And in this situation with my spouse, I can't control what they do. 
In this circumstance with my kids, I can't control what happens. In my job situation, all the uncertainty around my job and what's going to happen to my industry, well, I only have so much control over what I do today. I, I can't control the future. I'm not in charge of that. Humility says, I am going to resign as the CEO of my universe. I'm not going to try to be somebody that I can't be. I'm not going to try to sit in that seat that is reserved for God alone. I'm just going to do my part. And I'm going to leave the rest to him. But I'm not going to try to be who I can't be or do what I can't do. That is what produces anxiety in me. That's what produces anxiety in you. And it's why Peter gives us this advice. He says, humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand. This was simply his way of saying, hey, why don't you write your own resignation letter as CEO of the universe? Why don't you just walk out of that office and you let God have his office back? Why don't you let him have his seat back? Why don't you let him be in charge? Why don't you just let him do what he's capable of doing? And you stop trying to be God in your life. You stop trying to be the God who can control your future because you can't do it. So he's going, humble yourselves. Just admit that. I can't do this on my own. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. He'll take care of those things for you. And then he gives us this advice. Cast all your anxiety on him. Well, what exactly does that mean? I'll tell you what it means. It doesn't mean you abdicate all your responsibility. It means you wake up every day and you do what you can do. And you control what you can control. You're anxious about your job. Well, you show up and you do your very best that day. You do what you can do. You're anxious about your health. Okay, well, you show up and you do what you can do. You eat right. You exercise. You follow recommendations from your doctor. You're anxious about your kids. Well, you invest in them. You do what you can do. It means you control what you can control. But you don't worry about what you can't control. I'm going to take care of what's in my power to control. I'm going to do my part. But what's out of my control and the outcome and what happens in the future in the middle of all this uncertainty, well, I'm just going to cast all of that on God. I'm going to leave that in his hands. I'm going to drop that on his desk and say, this is up to you. I can't handle that. I'm doing my part. I'm going to let you do your part. Now, why in the world... Would you be willing to do that? Why in the world would Peter encourage you to take all these things you're worried about, all these things you're anxious about, all these things that you feel like are out of your control, but you've got to gain control of them somehow? Why would he encourage you to take all of that anxiety and just leave it on God's desk, leave it in God's hands? Well, here's why Peter said to do it. Because he cares for you. You see, Peter had no concerns. He had no questions whatsoever about what God would do with what you gave him. Because he knew, he was convinced that God cares for you. Your heavenly father cares for you more than you care for you. That whatever you put in your hands, he's going to take care of you. You can trust him. You don't have to try to be who you weren't created to be. You don't have to try to do what you were not created to do. You can leave that to the one who created you. If you'd ask Peter, well, how do I know for sure that I can trust God with all of my anxiety? How do I know for sure that I can cast all of that on him? You know what he would have told you? He would have said, that, that's pretty simple for me. It's the cross and the resurrection. That's why I know I can count on him. That's why I know he cares for me. See, the cross proves he's willing to carry us. The empty tomb proves he's capable of carrying us. The cross, Peter would say, 
Well, that shows once and for all that he cares about us enough. He'll carry whatever anxieties we put in his hands. And the resurrection proves that he's capable of handling whatever you put in his hands. Because if he can walk out of a tomb on his own power, he can deal with whatever it is that's making you anxious. Now, that leads to this question. How do you do that? How do you figure out how to stop carrying all this weight you were never created to carry? And how to cast it all on God and let him carry it for you. Well, this is where Paul comes in. Paul gave gave us some very, very practical advice on how to cast all of our cares on him. Here's what he said. He said, do not be anxious about anything. I mean, good grief, Paul. Could you set the bar any higher? That seems unrealistic. But Paul's going, and remember, he dealt with stuff all the time. Worse than what many of us deal with. He's going, no, this is possible. You don't have to be anxious about anything, but in every situation you encounter by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to God that's it yeah that's it Paul says here's how you overcome anxiety now I'm not trying to oversimplify this and I'm not saying this will fix everything in 15 minutes okay but hang with me for a second he says the first thing you need to do to cast all your cares on God to give him all of your anxiety is just talk to him about it you can approach your heavenly father with whatever's making you anxious So Paul's advice to you would be, whenever you start to feel anxious, stop right there and say, God, I'm feeling anxious about my health. I'm feeling anxious about the health of my loved one. I'm feeling anxious about the direction of my kid. I'm feeling anxious about whether I'm going to pass this test. I'm feeling anxious about what I'm going to do when I get out of school. I'm feeling anxious about COVID and everything happening in our nation. God, I'm feeling anxious. I'm anxious. I'm anxious. And just talk to him about it and tell him what's going on. Don't try to control it yourself. Just say, okay, this is out of my control, God. I can do this part, but I'm anxious about the part I have no control over, so I want to hand it to you. But there is a little nugget here in what Paul said that I don't want you to miss because some of you are thinking, I have tried that, Matt. Maybe I'm doing it wrong. Maybe God just doesn't come through for me, but it doesn't work. I've prayed. I've talked to God about my anxiety. It hasn't gone anywhere. Okay, I don't want you to miss this. Paul said to present your request to God with thanksgiving. Did you catch that? With thanksgiving. Now, why in the world would he say that? Because our anxiety is always driven by the uncertainty of the future. Anxiety causes you to focus all of your mental energies on what might happen tomorrow, the next day, the next day. And then you take the uncertainty of the future, the potential fear that you could face in the future if those uncertainties came true, and you smuggle them, you sneak them, you drag them right back into the present. And you let the uncertainty of tomorrow, which may never happen, impact and in some cases ruin today. So Paul says, no, here's what you do. You have no control over the future. So you take all of that uncertainty of the future and you just talk to God about it and you just put it in his hands, you leave it on his desk. And you trust him to help you face whatever you're going to face tomorrow. But, he says, don't stop there. As you're giving him all of that uncertainty of the future, don't forget to pause and thank him for what you do have today. Because while anxiety is driven by a focus on the uncertainty of the future, you know what gratitude does? Gratitude snaps me right back to the present. Gratitude moves my attention from, oh my goodness, I'm not sure, I'm not sure, what if that happens tomorrow? It snaps me right back to going, well, here's the reality today, and I'm grateful. Here's the reality today, 
And this is what I can control. Here's the reality today of how I've been blessed. Snaps me right back to the reality of the present. So, you may be worried about what's going to happen with your job moving you know, down the line or in six months or a year from now. That's fine. Tell God all of that. But then pause and say, you know what? Thanks for the, letting me have this job today. And thanks for what's happening right here and right now. And you refocus your mind on what you've got presently. You refocus your mind on what God's given you today. And what you will find is, as you become more and more grateful for what you have today, it will lessen and reduce the anxiety you feel about what you're not sure about tomorrow. You present your request to God with thanksgiving. And if you can learn how to do that, if you can learn how to focus less on the future because that's out of your control, I'm going to leave that in God's hands. I'm walking in. I'm not going to carry that anymore. I'm, I'm just laying that on God's desk. If you'll leave the future to him and you'll be grateful for it and do your best today, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but today I can give my best at my job. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but today I can give my best studying for the test. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow with my finances, but today I can be wise and make good decisions and save and spend wisely. I mean, if you just focus on today and be grateful for what you have now, you'll discover you have far less anxiety about the future. And as you learn to do this, here is Paul's promise to you. He says, in the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, which just means it doesn't make sense to most people how you can be so peaceful in such an uncertain time. But this is how. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And isn't this what we all want? We want peace. We want peace in the midst of uncertainty. We want peace in the midst of facing things that, quite honestly, most people would be afraid of. But when you know that God is with you, when you are certain he is for you. And when you know you can bring everything to him, you do what you can control and you can leave the rest in his hands. When you know you don't have to try to carry it all, you're going to humble yourself enough to admit, this isn't my job. I'm not big enough for this. I'm just going to do what I can do. That's when you begin to discover peace. So, let me ask you this question. Will you carry your fears? Will you carry your anxiety? Those things that are keeping you up at night, those things that are driving some unhealthy behaviors, those things that are creating tension in your relationships. Will you carry your fears and anxiety or will you cast your fears on the one who cares for you? I don't mean to oversimplify it, but this is the choice you and I get to make every time anxiety shows up. We can choose to borrow trouble from tomorrow or we can trust God today. We can express gratitude for what we have today. And we can choose humility, handle and control what we can control, and leave the rest in the hands of the one who cares for us. Let me give you a couple questions, as always, to discuss with the people you're watching this with, to discuss with your small group. This will lead to some great conversation and hopefully some great insights for you. And maybe you're going to discover there's some anxiety in you that's driving some behavior and you didn't even realize it was there. So the first question is this. How often do you feel anxiety? What triggers it? And in what ways is it slowing you down? Because it always slows us down. And then the second question. Is it difficult for you to believe that choosing humility will resolve your anxiety? You can be honest about that. That may be hard for you to accept. That if you just resign as a CEO of your universe and 
only do what you can do and trust God with the rest, that anxiety would begin to dissipate, that may be hard for you. I get that. But you need to be honest about that. Do you struggle with giving your cares to God? Why or why not? I want to encourage you to take these next few minutes to pause, to wrestle with this. But I want to specifically encourage you to do this, to take whatever fear, whatever anxiety you are feeling or facing right now and to make a choice. And this isn't a once and for all choice, but to make a choice for today, right now, that you are not going to keep carrying things you are not designed to carry, that you're going to cast those burdens, those weights, those anxieties, and those fears on your Heavenly Father, that you're going to stop trying to be who you were not created to be or do what you were not created to do, that you're going to lay down your pride, that you're going to choose humility, and you're going to be grateful for what you have today. I want to encourage you to take a few moments right now to make that choice, and then I want to encourage you to make the choice to do that every time anxiety starts to creep back in to your life. Because you have a God who cares for you, and if God is for you, there is no fear that can rule you. Hey, if you'd like more content like this, subscribe to our YouTube channel and download our Journey Callaway app to access all of our recent message content. And our app is the easiest way to share this content with a friend. For more information on our church, be sure to visit journeycalway.com. That's journeycalway.com. Thanks for listening.